1: Madrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad. We are back. Well, already rusty. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> now we're back. Uh, how long were we gone?
2: Uh, well, the Giants were 10 and 11 while we were gone. So that's, that, I mean, that's three weeks worth of baseball right there. Yeah. I, I guess it was three weeks. We are, Our last show was uh, July 8th, I want to say. Were we 8th, right before 9th? the? Right before the break, maybe? Right before the, yeah, right before the All Star. Well, no, uh, a week before the All Star. Got it. Got it. Because I was in Tahoe watching games up there. Um, got to watch the Yaz Grand Slam game while I was up in Tahoe against the Brewers. They that was come a good back one. The ninth inning comeback. That was fantastic. So, missed a lot of good baseball. Also missed a lot of crappy baseball. <laughs> so, there's that. <laughs> kind of evened out.
1: Yeah, as we, well, we're going to talk about the business side mm. of baseball with the trade Our deadline. Favorite side. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I find it fascinating as oh, a yeah. oh, fan. Sure. As a fan, it, it's it's a little tough when your team is kind of hamstrung a little bit. Like I'm watching uh, the Pitching Ninja Twitter feed just got like a gif of, DeGrom throwing a 92 mile an hour change up coming off the DL. And it's just like ridiculous. It'd be nice if we had one of those coming off the DL. Um, But, you know, there's also this other side of the side that we do love, which is the romanticism side, which is what made us a fan. And we'll talk about that later in the last segment, which was the Will Clark retirement ceremony, number retirement, which was tremendous. Gosh, that was so great. In the yeah. middle of that, I'll talk about uh, being in Arizona, and I got to see the Giants live. They played the Diamondbacks, and I'll just give you like my like you know watching one game. I, I'm you know I'm I'm not seeing anything that scouts aren't seeing or that front office isn't seeing, but it was decidedly different from the games that I had been to at home. Uh, just the energy and stuff. So we'll talk about that. But let's talk about what you know what's on everybody's mind, which is this trade deadline and what the Giants did and didn't do, maybe even more importantly didn't do, depending on what side of the fence you are with this fan base, uh, we're going to utilize the great McCovey Chronicles here because they had a great little write-up, and that, uh, that'll just help help us summarize uh, all the trades uh, in, in a little bit easier way. Um, so let's look at McCovey Chronicles' website here. Where it's gotta be in one of my tabs here. Where is it at? Um, I'll find it in a second. Uh, so the 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 basically the Giants made was it three, deals?
2: three uh, deals? Right. Yeah, I believe so. So yeah, so they made the Casali deal and Matt Boyd together as one. They made the rough deal.
1: You see it now? Yep. Yep. There. Okay. There we go. For, for you listening, uh, rather than watching, we just basically pulled up the McCovey Chronicles uh, blog post from earlier today discussing all of the deals. So the first one, and this happened uh, kind of surprisingly. I don't know what we thought was going to happen when we saw Darren Ruff was the first guy, at least the first announced trade. Now the Giants got an infielder, outfielder. Obviously they love folks who can play multiple positions, but from what I understand defensively might not be that much different from Darren Ruff. And that is JD <laughs> Davis.
0: <laughs> I yeah, saw
1: some stats. That's... I saw some defensive stats that weren't very nice to him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he's the the player. I think that probably people would know. And then they got uh three right-handed uh, pitchers, or I'm sorry, uh, two, one right-handed pitcher, two left-handed pitchers. And two of those guys were numbers 21 and 22 on the Mets prospect list. So J.D. Davis, Carson Seymour, Nick Zwack, which is hopefully a sound that uh, is what <laughs> players don't do to his fastball, uh, and Tomek Zapucky Zip- Z- uh, were the guys that, that they got from Rough. And, and I don't, you know, when you're talking about 21 and 22 uh, in, in the prospects list, you know you're not talking about guys who you expect to just come up and and go through the farm system and just do damage they they're you know they're just as much wild cards as, as anyone else uh, but for for one for a player Darren Ruff who the Giants probably feel like they can already duplicate with the roster they have now his his right-handed uh defensive uh dh uh, you know he he's he's basically a dh who you can throw in the field and hope he's not in too many uh, hard defensive uh, situations. Yeah.
2: What did you think and, about and, this deal? I, you know, I think it was a good deal. Uh, Ruff has an option for next year. Was it 2.5 or 3.5 million? Um, and I think it's a Giants option to pick that up. But they Most likely, they weren't going to do it. I think they were kind of shifting gears. This was a... um this, the, I mean, this wasn't a a tank job. This, this isn't like the Giants made these moves today and said, "Well, we're just throwing in the towel." I, I I don't personally I don't think that. I think this was just a little bit of a philosophy shift to say, "Well, next year, rough, we have a lot of DHs. Uh, you're the odd man out because you can't hit righties and lefties. Uh, so we kind of have to make this move." JD Davis can hit both for the most part. Um, he could be the DH next year. Uh, and and also the Giants got three minor leaguers that, uh, that were not in their system at the beginning of the day today. And, and, and that's like you said too, it's, it's kind of, you know, you, you hope to find a diamond in the rough, no pun intended, (laughs) um, but you hope to find a diamond in the rough and, and you do that by adding bodies because you never know, uh, change of scenery, uh, philosophy change for one of these guys might be kind of what they need and what they've needed in their careers, um. So I, I like the deal. I thought the deal was good. Uh, J.D. Davis is a masher. Uh, he has hit 300 before. Um, I think in his, in his last full season that he played in the majors, about 140 games, I think, is his max. Uh, I don't have his numbers in front of me right now, but, um, but he did hit over 300, um, and, and he's got a pretty big OPS. So I, I like the move. We'll see. Yeah. I just saw something on Twitter came across that he
1: will be in the lineup tomorrow so so in this season he is hitting 238 and 181 at bats i have a buddy uh my, my buddy cory is a mets fan and he's also a big baseball fan so he was texting me all day today about different things that were going on he said that he thinks that davis himself may benefit from playing more regularly, because I'm assuming that they use Davis just like uh, they're expected to use rough, which is against lefties. But he yeah. said, uh, so I'll, g- I'll give you his, uh, his, his little recap here. So he's been our righty DH major league player underachieving this year, but hits lefties. And then he said, you got sapuki who was one of our, pitching prospects i was unimpressed with him when he was called up this year davis might do better playing every day so i mean based off of that description uh, of who davis is it sounds like they traded for a younger version of the guy that they have that they would have a little bit more control over because like you said Ruff has this year and he's got next year and then the 2024, there's a club option they could buy him out for 250 thousand dollars. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, not, not a terrible move, um, and uh, not not a great move. It's not it's not Juan Soto. I know a lot of people were expecting Juan Soto. <laughs> oh, we'll it's talk about we'll move. talk about that guy. Yeah, so yeah. so the year that he it's hit definitely not that move.
1: The year that he hit 300 was 2019. He had a 410 abs. He had 22 jacks, and he had an 895 OPS. So why did he go from playing just about every day before the pandemic to coming back after the pandemic and being more of a platoon guy? That probably has everything to do with the way that baseball has evolved with this righty-lefty situation, and that probably makes – the Giants uh, happy to trade him because he is comfortable in that role. Because that's the other thing is, is, if you get an everyday guy, and he comes to your team, and you're like, nope, you're just hitting lefties, uh, yeah. that player may not be able to take that. So having somebody yeah. also come in, there's value in him already doing this job. If if that's uh, the the plan for him.
2: Well, and when you look at career splits for JD Davis, his career OPS against righties is seven eighty five. Career OPS versus lefties is seven seventy five, so it's pretty even. So you got a guy who's a, a touch more versatile than than rough at the plate. Um, so you know, it, again, it's it's a very tiny improvement. Uh, plus three prospects. If one of them makes it to the majors, great. Um, if if one of them. Turns into somebody else down the line in another trade, then great. Uh, You know, you you, you're just kind of taking those shots, and that's a as as we know, that's what Zadie does. And and uh, you know, some of us, me, love it. Uh, Some people, uh, hot take, Bry, don't. (laughs) But but I love it. I absolutely love. I love the shots in the dark. I love the taking the chances. You know, and it it happens sometimes Spe- good, sometimes bad.
1: Speaking of uh, <laughs> of hot take, Bry, here was his last his last tweet about yes, uh, about the end of this draft. So, uh, Evan Webeck had tweeted that uh, Zadie said the present is really important to us, this is a group we have faith in. And Brian retweeted that and said, need the broadcast to zoom in on Farhan when we're losing to the Dodgers 6-2 <laughs> to tonight. Oh, no. So he is very much fit in, in uh, uh, yeah. on uh, Giants Twitter as far as uh, the yes. negative, uh, the negative it, folks are concerned. And he's going to the game tonight, right? Yes, he's exactly. going to the game. Okay. Well, hey, both sorry, of my already, kids are going. JJ is oh. down. Uh, he's not going to be down for long. He was only here for a couple of weeks. Then he's got to go back to school. But he'll be they're both going. So I'll have to talk to them about that tonight. I'll take Bryce said he's going to have
2: a big thumbs down for Zadie. (laughs) So, so if you happen, if you happen to see if you're sitting there watching the game and bam, you get zoomed in on and and some kid gets zoomed in on kid. I mean, he's in his twenties and he's, and he's got the thumbs down. (laughs) You know exactly who that is.
1: I wonder (laughs) if he could find a giant Zadie head to carry yeah. with him.
2: <laughs> That'd be fantastic.
1: <laughs> All right. So trade number two that came across the wire was a uh, uh, Kurt, I... Kurt Casale. And you know, what's funny about Casali is if you go to giants games and you know, if you, if you're sitting up close, you could tell the difference between Casali and Ruff. But if you're kind of, you know, in, in the euchre seats a little bit, you're like, which one is which? Cause they're just two big bearded dudes who hit right-handed Uh, So, so Casale, uh, the other rough, he was traded. And this was an interesting one because the other
2: rough, I love that.
1: Because the giants, I think the giants really like Kurt Casale. They like the stability that he brings to this pitching staff and he was going to be the guy, you know, they sent Bart down and just turned it over to Casale and we're like, okay, you're going to be the everyday catcher. And he was producing, and then he got hurt, and he's been on the DL with concussion, right? Was that the injury? Yeah,
2: and uh, so, oh, oblique. Oh no, no. Yeah, okay. you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he had the oblique issue, and just about to come back too. He's very close to coming back. So that tells you they're they're pretty high on what Wins and Bart are doing. Yeah, not necessarily at the plate, but with the with the pitching staff.
1: And so he goes as as well as Matt Boyd, who we didn't even have a chance to. See Matt Boyd, he, th- okay. they'd signed him in the off season with the idea that he was going to miss a large chunk of, uh, the first half of the season. And then when he started his, his, uh, rehab process, uh, he had a setback and so he's going in this deal and they get back, uh, right hander, Michael Streifler and catcher, Andy Thomas. And according to the, uh, the McCovey Chronicles blog here, they say that, uh, uh, a strike strifler is, is his heavy strikeout and heavy walk guy, uh, reliever in double a. And the catcher is, uh, is Thomas who's destroying the baseball <laughs> in high a, except he's 24 years old. Yeah. So yeah. that, that seems like a perfect, perfect guy for the giants to kind of get in there. You know, they they, lo- they love guys like that for better or for worse.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, uh, again, Some more minor leaguers add to the system. That's, I mean, we knew coming into Zadie's uh, regime here that that this is how it was going to be. He took over a really, really uh, rough minor league system. The philosophy all along has been um, our goal is to build the farm system and put a competitive team on the field and play meaningful baseball in September and October, and that's what they're doing. I mean, it, by by not ditching Rodon, by not ditching Peterson, they're they're kind of working at trying to play meaningful baseball still in September and October. four and a half, a, four and a half games out of the final wild card spot going into tonight. What do we have? Three games left with the Dodgers. That's. I mean, it's, it's an uphill climb right now um, because the Cardinals got better. The Phillies got better. Um, So, so it's kind of a a tough thing, but, but again, build that farm system. Uh, the, The moves today were, were not necessarily about getting better on the field in San Francisco. Today, it was about getting better on the field in San Francisco, maybe in, in, in a year, maybe in two years, Uh, because again, if any of these prospects turn around and end up being a pace, uh, a piece that you can trade for a better player down the line, uh, a veteran, somebody who can help you out and a playoff push next year, I know fans don't want to hear that. I know people don't like to hear that, but you and I play out of the park baseball and, 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 and so we know, you know, kind of looking at when you're trying to build a franchise, you're not always looking at what's today. What's tomorrow? What's Mm -hmm. three days from now? You're looking at what can I do for this team next year? Am I going to be as a GM around four years from now? If I am, what kind of team do I want to have on the field? Not that we're, you know, major league GMs, but, but we are, I mean, all of us are because we're fans yeah. and, and what do we do on Twitter all day? We GM the crap out of this <laughs> team. That that's what we do on Twitter all day. What if we get this guy? What if we get this guy? We yeah. You, you, you,
1: you had a uh, Bader. Going to to New York <laughs> and swinging through San Francisco. <laughs> yes, for Radon. I thought that was a good one.
2: I thought I, I thought his golden locks would do <laughs> very well in center field in San Francisco. I go, oh, look at that! They're going to put a put something together and and try to go after Radon at the last minute. And uh, yeah,
1: no. <laughs> All right, last trade here. Trevor Rosenthal, who we also did not even get a chance to. See on the on the baseball field. This was the trade that I liked the most because it was so savvy. I thought, and maybe you know, maybe in the in the whole scheme of things, maybe they didn't even consider Rosenthal to be that much of a piece for the team. I think they just assumed that he would be valuable to him at the at, valuable to them at the deadline. They trade yeah. him for uh, outfield prospect Tristan Peters. Who is uh, playing very well at high A? Also, a little, you know, a little on the older side for for a guy who's who uh, was drafted at a high school, but he, he is twenty two. Lost a year, obviously, like everyone did in the pandemic, but uh, twenty two high A. Hopefully, I think the Giants would probably move him to Richmond because you you said that. He was already on his way to double A before he got traded. So hopefully he goes to Richmond, but Tristan Peters for Trevor Rosenthal. So the Giants basically traded two pitchers who never took the mound for them and two of their heavy right-handed bats. And like you said, they took some shots in the minors with, with, with guys who hopefully can, Give them a little bit more depth in, in, in that minor league system, and we'll have to sort of wait and see what what happens. But uh, what did you think about dealing? We never knew you, Rosenthal. <laughs> uh, I I don't want to use the word brilliant, but I thought
2: it was f- a fantastic move. That that's why. I mean, and Rosenthal was just picked up 12 days ago, mm-hmm. and and. Milwaukee is paying the rest of his contract, so so that's I mean like it it cost the Giants twelve days worth of pay worth of salary, which is fantastic, and now they get a double A twenty two year old number nineteen prospect out of this that that and that's why when you look at them when they say well they signed uh, uh, Boyd in January, he's coming off of a uh, arm surgery and everybody goes oh look another project oh you know this and that. And you sit there and you got to think, what this guy could turn into a prospect around July. It's, but it's funny that two guys who never even saw the mound at Oracle or, or were even, you know, in the mix to pitch because they were both rehabbing, they both turned into prospects. And I think that's fantastic because again, what, could they have helped us down the line? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you put Duvall and and Rosenthal, and then you mix in Boyd for a couple of starts down the stretch. Um, so I, I see a lot of people thinking probably, well, that's kind of the throw-in-the-towel move then because those are the guys mm-hmm. that could have helped us. Uh, Rosenthal hasn't pitched in a couple of years. Boyd is coming off an injury. What what are the chances that those guys versus who we have in AAA who have been playing all season long will help more than the guys in AAA. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll never know, but I think I'll take my chances with the AAA guys. Um, and, and if you think Zadie's done with the waiver wire, between now and October, you haven't been paying attention to this team and what he does. There's going to be another pitcher that gets DFA. There were three or four pitchers that got DFA today because of moves that were made. One or two of those guys are going to end up uh, being picked up and they're going to end up in Sacramento within the next couple of days. And maybe we see them in September. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes.
1: Uh, so I love, I really love this by the NBC sports Bay area, social account. This was their goodbye to, to Trevor <laughs> Rosenthal here. Forever giant Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> Games played zero. Record zero. Run zero. Strikeout zero. Walk zero. Forever giant Trevor Rosenthal. Oh, you know, when, when they traded Rosenthal, my immediate reaction, and I even tweeted it, was like, oh, they're selling the farm. Because they, at least they told us, and this is how it was sold to the fan base, is that... Yeah. We know Duvall needs someone to help out in those later innings. Rogers, you know, not great this year. We already let go McGee. You know, there are other relievers who are kind of trying to fit in and, and some better than others. Leon's been been pretty good. And so it was like, oh, that's the kind of move that you make when you are, you know, trying to shore up the bullpen because you, you're going for it. So when he got traded, I was like, well, that means Radon's going next and Jock's going next. And then it didn't happen. And then when you kind of think about it a second, you go, oh, they signed this guy with the idea of if we're not a game, you know, ahead in this playoff race, then we're just selling him. And we basically signed him on the cheap because we outbid all of these other teams because we have the money yeah. to do that. So I get it. That, that, was, uh, that was really smart. Now, Radon. Was like, okay, finally. Now let's go out and freaking win some games. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he doesn't <laughs> kick any bats uh this time. Right. Because that was a little bit rough seeing his him lose, you know, his composure and almost possibly hurt Estrada. And then Estrada does get yeah. hurt uh later and, and he's out. So the Giants are running out another uh an, another guy that they had to trade for out at shortstop until B Craw comes back. And I guess B-Craw's... He's playing in uh, Sa. Is he playing in SAC tonight?
2: You know, I'm not sure where his rehab assignment starts. I I, I didn't think it was tonight, but it might be tomorrow. It's tomorrow, but but yeah, it's either tonight or tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, he's starting back on the comeback trail, and then J D Davis will be in San Francisco tomorrow. And you almost wonder too. I, I mean, you know you and I didn't play at the level where we got traded, but <laughs> it, you know, I, I can imagine, especially all the players in the giants, as you get closer, you're losing, you're getting tight. Things are getting tight. Yeah. Uh, right around the all right around the all-star break. And then you come out, you lose seven in a row. Things are even tighter. Cause now here comes the trade deadline. I like San Francisco. I have a cool house here. My neighbors are dope. My, uh, the, my, my, uh, restaurant in the neighborhood. I love to go to, I don't want to, I don't want to leave this place. I yeah. want to stay here. Um, so you get even tighter. I'm kind of wondering if that's going to loosen this club up. I mean, you heard Redone. you heard Jock Peterson. Hey, we're here, man. Let's go out and win now. I think maybe there's a, collective exhale, maybe some more fun will be had on the field. Um, Cause like you said too, the game, you went to, we just saw a tightness. You saw uh, no fun, just yes. uh, n- not, not a group of guys playing together uh, with a common goal. And maybe that changes tonight because uh, maybe That's the start of something there. And then what are they probably lose 12 to nothing (laughs) to, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying maybe, maybe tonight's the night things kick into gear, things turn around, guys are looser. And we start to see the club that we know and love.
1: Uh, Yeah. So we're going to talk about that in a second. My, just my, my live uh, view uh, of that game from last week, but a couple more things Uh, here's another quote From Zadie. And so Zadie said, the Giants talked to the Nationals about Soto. No Giants players or prospects were untouchable, but obviously the Nationals gravitated toward the package with players they liked the best. Obviously, even with Logan Webb in on that deal, they just didn't have enough. Not not when the, the Padres were willing to give up so many of their top guys who are outside, you know, outside of Harrison and uh lucky luciano the 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 padres guys were more than likely highly highly more highly sought out than than the giants guys were and you know my my whole thing with soto has, and i've been pretty consistent on this is that i didn't want them to trade for him because scott boris is his agent and more than likely he's going to hit free agency no matter what i don't think they're going to give the Padres any sort of discount to, you know, maybe they'll give them the opportunity to go crazy and maybe spend $700 million on the guy, but they're not going to say, you know what? We're going to sign this year. Uh, We're going to sign this contract a year early because we just want to get locked in. No, the whole reason why you hire Boris is so that you, you have the most leverage and you get to the market and and you just have team, teams bid on you, right? Like that's the whole thing. And oh, so, yeah. to me, you got h- how long until he's a free agent? Is it two and a half years? Two and a half years. So uh, I don't even. What two, year are we? He'll in? be he'll be twenty six. <laughs> so
2: yeah twenty yeah two thousand twenty five. He'll be twenty six years old. So at that point, that's gonna get him a bag right there
1: he he he's Barry Bonds, right? He's, Oh yeah. He's 1993 Barry Bonds. And you go in with the best offer there. If you really want him, then it becomes only about money and the current team, obviously that, that you are like, if you are a good team, I'm sure that helps you more so than if you're not a good team, but if I'm the giants he, and, and he's the guy that you want, you got two and a half years to get your S together <laughs> and then you you make the big play for him at that point, and and then then at the at that time it's it's a matter of what your offer is. Do you have the best offer to get him? And if not, then you know there's no crying in baseball. You just go okay, <laughs> we, we we go find somebody else. So that's my take on Soto. Um, and then quickly, I'll get your take on Soto in a second. But I wanted to have yeah, yeah. this other quote was uh, Zadie on holding Radone. He says. Uh, the president really matters to us. For most of the season, we've been a playoff spot. Obviously, we've had a bad couple of weeks. That puts us that put us on the fringes. But we know a hot two weeks can turn it around. Obviously, he is hoping out of this current baseball team that we've been watching, who haven't really had a ton of hot streaks. He thinks he must think that they're due. And then he, uh, Kapler today said, like you said, JD Davis will be in the lineup tomorrow. B-Cross starts his rehab assignment tonight. I believe it's in Sacramento. And could be back Thursday or Saturday. I would guess because of his uh, age, they may lean Saturday. Jock Peterson and Tyro. uh, Jock likely to return Saturday. Tyro not that far behind. Those are the two concussion guys. So that's the latest on all the news. And uh, let's get your take on Soto. And then just your... Take on you know the the crazy deal that the Padres and the nationals made.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just realized tonight is Jerry Garcia tribute night, uh, and it's sold out, so I might have to do a Jerry Garcia celebration tonight, uh- oh if you if you know what I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> talking about Juan Soto. <laughs> Juan Soto uh, and and I think this was my stance from the beginning. I, I really didn't think we we're going to get him either. I, I It was yeah. just one of those things where it was like, we don't have the prospects. And if we did, we're emptying our prospects to get the guy for two and a half years. And you are dead on. Um, I mean, he's got Scott Boris. What, where in the world is he going to? Uh, yeah. He's not going to sign with anybody um, that he gets traded to in the next two and a half years. 26 years old after two and a half years in San Diego with that lineup, he's going to have some crazy good numbers. Uh, and he's just going to get a huge bag. My, my whole thing all along was anybody but the Dodgers and Mm -hmm. that happened. Mm -hmm. The Padres probably the second, (laughs) the second one we didn't want, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, the Padres seem to kind of step on their own feet, so, so I'm all right with them having him. Uh, if they don't win the World Series the next couple of years, at least you know prevent the Dodgers from winning the World Series the next couple of years. That's a, that's all we could ask for. Um, would love to have him in two and a half years. Uh, make a huge run for him at that point. I know the uh, Giants made a made a run for Bryce Harper uh, because again, you had the same young type of talent as a free agent at that time. That was Zadie's first offseason with the giants. Um, there was a push to get Harper. We still don't know. Was that a Zadie push or was that a Larry bear push? We, we don't know. We, we don't know a hundred percent who was pushing for that because the giants aren't known for giving out gigantic contracts, but when a Juan Soto comes along uh, you you do it, you just do it. and And then same with an Aaron judge. If Aaron judge becomes a free agent, why not? You you put that out there and 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 we've seen some glove work from Aaron Judge <laughs> the last couple of days, too. And I, I so I get more and more convinced that, well, he could he could play left field for the Giants. Um he's a center fielder and a and a right fielder, but I think he could play left field for the Giants, um, you know, down the line. But I, and also when you look at what the Padres gave up, God, they gave up um Uh, what was it five of their top five or six of their top 10 picks to get him and Brandon Drury today. They also got Josh Hader yesterday. Uh, More prospects. Did they also get bell in that deal? Yeah. So they also got Josh bell too. And, and, and the worst part about it, I feel bad for Luke Voigt. (laughs) So, so Luke Voigt's in the lineup today. Eric Hosmer's in the deal to go back to Washington Uh, But he's got a no trade and one of the teams on his no trade is Washington and he will not waive it. He does not waive it. So instead they go ahead and trade him off to Boston um, where Boston has a, a top first base prospect in Tristan Casas. And so what's going to happen to Hosmer in the next couple of years, who knows, but, San Diego eats the entire contract and Washington still wants a, a first baseman in return. So uh, they end up getting Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's in the lineup today for San Diego and they pull him out and they go, Oh no, you know, Osmer's out of the deal. He declined. Mm-hmm. So you're in goodbye, sending you off to Washington. And unfortunately Voigt's under contract for the next couple of years. So he's in uh, Washington. He's going to play with uh, a lot of top uh, San Diego Padres prospects. <laughs>
1: The, yeah, I saw the deal, and they said, you know, the Hosmer is definitely—he uh, has the right to veto this trade sure. and, and get himself out of it. But they also said that's not going to stop anything from happening. It's—it's going to be like, okay, if it's not Don't him, who else? Like, who else do you want? And, and it's yours. They—they yeah. so they were very vehement that that deal is going to get made. Uh, all right, were there any? I know that you—you'd compiled some numbers or uh, some some news about the deals. We probably have a couple more minutes. Are there any other Mm -hmm. deals that happened in these last couple days that caught your eye? Yeah, well, uh, I like to just focus on today
2: because the trade deadline trades are always the most fun because they kind of come rapid fire. So uh, Tyler Malley, who's one of the uh, red starting pitchers, he was a big starting pitcher along with Luis Castillo, who ended up going to Seattle uh, the other day for a big prospect haul. Which then, of course, Giants fans saw that and they go, oh my God, we can get so much for Radone. But again, is there another Seattle Mariners out there that – was going to be willing to give up that kind of haul for Carlos Rodon, who could opt out at the end of this year. Yeah. And it was a, it was a as
1: rent. As... It was a rent, uh post essentially for Radon.
2: Yeah. But, but if Rodon, let's see, Rodon gets, uh, let's, let's say he gets traded to the Yankees and he goes, God, I love the Yankees. This is fantastic. I want to stay in New York. Well, then he opts in and, and he's on the hook for almost 25 next year. Um, The Yankees could certainly do that. That's not a problem. But Malley goes from the Reds to the Twins. The Twins give up their number 6, 12, 17, and 20 prospects to get Tyler Malley. So if you're... If you're a pissed off Giants fan that we didn't get a rid of uh, Rodon, then I hope you closed your ears before I said all that because that was, a, that was another big haul. So that you know they could have uh, you know done a deal with the Twins, and and I guess that was a rumor as the Twins were in, uh, Seattle was in on Rodon. Um, they were taking calls, probably just didn't get you know what what they thought they wanted to get in return in order to ditch the season because the Giants would have had to pretty much. Ditched the season had they said goodbye to Radon. Yeah, they still have a chance, but that would have been it. That they don't have anybody else in the minor league system who's ready to come up, throw a hundred miles an hour, and give them you know what Radon could give you right now. Yep. Um, like we talked about, Brandon Drury um, to the Padres, also from the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Hosmer, like I was saying, went to the Red Sox for the number twelve pick in the two thousand sixteen draft. Ah uh, jay groom we've heard that name before uh he's been floating around for quite a while. Joey Gallo, so the Dodgers big move today was Joey Gallo a- and like I said or I texted you immediately, uh, immediately after I said he's been struggling all year, so he's going to the Dodgers that means he's going to hit twenty home runs and probably hit like three forty the rest of the year because that's just kind of what happens um but he was traded for Clayton beater. Who's a starting pitcher from the Dodgers organization. He was a second rounder in 2020. Um, and that was kind of, I mean, you know, that was their kind of their big move today. I'm sure they were in on Juan Soto, uh, just didn't happen for them. And there's probably, I mean, they're, they're high on Dustin may. Um, and I'm sure Dustin may was probably, uh, in on one of the prospects that the the Nationals wanted. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they probably just stood pat. They figure, well, we kind of blew out our minor league system a little bit last year with, uh, you know, getting Scherzer and Trey Turner. So um, maybe they want to kind of hold off a little bit this year. Uh, Brandon Marsh from the Angels, uh, he goes to the Phillies for Logan O'Hop, which is the Phillies' number three prospect. Uh, the twins had shored up their bullpen. They have one of the worst bullpens for the, um, teams that are currently in the playoff hunt. Uh, they got Jorge Lopez. who's a stud from the Orioles, uh, for two low prospects. So the Orioles are just getting rid of guys. Um, they also got Michael Fulmer from, uh, the tigers. So that's another bullpen arm for, the uh, twins, uh, Zach pop and Anthony bass, both relievers for the Marlins. Pretty decent. They go to the blue Jays for their number four prospect overall. Um, the Orioles get Brett Phillips off of, uh, I think they traded for him because they, the Tampa Bay uh, raised DFA, would Brett Phillips the other day. So Orioles ended up trading to get him. Uh, Jake lamb, who the Dodgers signed to a minor league deal at the beginning of this year is hitting like two twenty something, but his OPS is around 700, 800. Uh, he goes to the Mariners. Um, the Phillies get Thor, uh, from the angels, Syndergaard, and they had to trade Mickey Moniak who missed, I think all of last year. He's one of their top prospects. He, He missed last year, but he goes off now to the angels. Um, we talked about earlier Harrison Bader from St. Louis. He's still hurt. He has that plantar fasciitis going on, but he goes to the Yankees for Jordan Montgomery, starting pitcher. So St. Louis gets a starting pitcher. Um, again, like we were saying, St. Louis got stronger. Phillies got stronger. We, yeah, we did our <laughs> thing. Uh, Royals traded uh, Whit Merrifield to the Blue Jays, unvaxed uh Whit merrifield <laughs> yeah. to the blue jays so i'm sure that will change uh because he can't get into toronto without getting vaxxed um and then uh, one final note erasil iglesias who we um who we don't like in mlb the show because <laughs> anytime you get a diamond player and you get at Iglesias. Uh, I think you've got him once. I've got I've him I've got twice. him like three times, I think. Yeah, he's, he's just one of those low diamond players that you seem to pull from packs. Him and MMA Aaron Nola, show. for
1: some reason, I just yes. get those guys all the time.
2: Yeah, I got a, I got a second Trey Turner this morning. I'm like, well, I already have a Trey <laughs> Turner. Uh, but he goes to Atlanta, and uh, I, I think the Angels just signed him to like a four-year, $48 million deal at the beginning of the season uh now he's going off to atlanta so those were a lot of the just kind of big moves that kind of happened today throughout uh the day it's always fun trade deadline day it, it for me personally i think they need to do it on a saturday mm. cuz you know you're you're keeping an eye on what's going on and you're you're trying to work and you're like but uh, <laughs> i, I got to get stuff done and, <laughs> so make it on a saturday major league baseball make it on a saturday going forward or a friday cuz nobody works on fridays hope my boss didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh all right, there you have it. Um I guess I guess the one thing to point out is the 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 players who were heavily rumored to get traded from the Cubs, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, they didn't go anywhere. Radon and Peterson didn't go anywhere. Neither did Martin Perez and Matt Moore. So a lot of guys who were heavily rumored also did not get traded. And I think some of that radon thing was just these teams were not willing to risk a uh the possibility of giving up a load for uh you know last couple months of the season and the playoffs and then b all of a sudden Radon opting in and they them not being ready for that. I don't think he's going to opt in no matter what his season has been good enough to where he can. He should be able to get a multi-year deal based off of this season alone. Yeah,
2: it it would take an injury. It would take an injury for him to stay with the Giants next year, like a Cueto thing that happened. You know, he could opt out, um, ended up with Tommy John. He goes. Mm, I think I'll stick around. Get a lot of money <laughs> to uh, work through my Tommy John injury, so I'll stay here. So yeah, it, it would pretty much take that for a win. All right.
1: Really quickly, uh, we usually do the short segment of what what we're drinking. I'll just I'll just go first because you guys have yeah. been seeing me sip this throughout the show. I have a nice red here. It was uh, my wife and I second anniversary just yesterday. This is her favorite wine, Ridge, Three Valleys, Sonoma County. Uh, Literally her favorite wine to the point of, I think she probably has like alerts set on her phone if uh the, you know, BevMo or uh, Total Wine, like if it goes on yeah. sale or something, she gets pinged because she raced off to the store yesterday. <laughs> and then she came back and I was like, where did you go? Like, what well, I thought you did all your errands. And she's like, oh, there was a sale at Total Wine. And I was like, okay. um so so for our anniversary yeah we had some of this and i'm just i was just finishing off the bottle uh but that is what i am drinking today it is well it's been 103
2: here 102 for like i don't know four or five days in a row right now you probably can't see out the window here but it is absolutely pouring rain right now um the temperature dropped down to 90. We've got, uh, we get, we get up in Reno here. We get thunderstorms during the summer that are just, they're a wicked man. So that's why I told you earlier, I texted you. And I said, I really hope my power stays on. Cause I want to do the show tonight. We have a lot to talk about. We've been gone for a couple of weeks. Um, and I was like, please power stay on. I don't hear any thunder i don't see any craziness happening uh but w- when it's a hundred plus degrees i like to dip into the 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 terra Mana, as we both love that mm-hmm. and and i have this quite often on the yeah. show but you know yeah. it's nothing nothing fancy a little grapefruit zevia throw it in the old dirty Wookie glass and uh with a lime and it's super refreshing. I've been barbecuing the last couple of nights. Uh, my, my father-in-law got me a really cool, uh, for my birthday, a Bluetooth cooking thermometer. Oh, wow. I've been, oh, I've been enjoying that so much because it's not something you can use if you're just doing a steak or if you're doing burgers or chicken, you know, like chicken thighs or something. But last three nights out of the last week, I did a whole chicken perfect to use it in that i did a tri-tip and i did a gigantic like two plus pound pork tenderloin and it it works great in that so i'll sit out there with the bluetooth get the alerts on the phone of you know when i'm hitting certain temps and it also checks ambient temperature of the barbecue which is great and so i could just sit there with a drink and uh you know stare up in the sky and uh just pretty much uh, do nothing. So I, the, these are the drinks that I have when I'm doing. Nice. This,
1: so. Nice. Yeah. Perfect stuff. All right. So, uh let's actually yeah, I guess I'll I'll just quickly talk about when I went to the game and it was actually a really depressing game because as we know, the Diamondbacks are not good. Mm-hmm. And their fan base now, it's kind of funny because I'm watching the Derek Jeter doc. And and right when I saw that the doc was coming out, I was like, there's no way I'm watching seven episodes of Derek Jeter. I'm not even that big of a Derek Jeter fan. But I've stuck with it, and I think I'm through episode three or four now. And the reason why I'm watching it is not because of Derek. Derek's not that interesting of a dude. He's just, you know, he's kind of like just the winner guy. And he Yeah. He doesn't have really anything interesting or controversial to say. Nothing. None of that. But no. it is remembering baseball from the mid 90s through the early 2000s like that time frame is kind of fun to revisit so yeah i mean you're doing it through the the lens of uh, of the yankees or whatever but so the you know the the diamondbacks they they stopped the the fourpeat uh, of the yankees in uh, 2001 God. and so i was like just finished watching that episode and you go to the diamondbacks game right like today and the fans are totally harmless. They're just hanging out. They're having a good time. I'm sure there's a, a large retired community out there as well. They're just enjoying a baseball game, not getting too high, not getting too low. You know, Diamondbacks were actually beating the Giants. I expected to hear it. I was wearing my my roadie uniform. Nobody cared. No. And it was just like it was like an afternoon at the park where you yeah. know, if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't be able to tell who was the home team and who was the road team. There was a—I wouldn't say it was half and half, Giants fans and Diamondbacks, but it was probably at least thirty-five to forty percent Giants fans in that park. Um, nice. There were not that many people there either. There are like maybe ten thousand yeah, yeah. people. But- so, so thirty-five to forty percent is like you got
2: like six hundred people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but I like that. I like that park obviously the arizona weather's ridiculous but the the park yeah. you know they put the roof over it and it's nice and cool it's small so you can walk around the whole thing very quickly looking for what you want to eat and like i said there's no like it's it just feels like just hanging out you're just hanging out watching baseball which is kind of cool but from the giants perspective cuz i've been to a few games earlier this year and the giants no matter what you know they may not have the best, you know, number four hitter. They may not have a uh, one singular hitter who scares the other team, but they compete. They compete in the batter's box. They take pitches. They foul balls off. Uh, Brandon Belt is you know not swinging at a at a ball that he doesn't think he can hit, hit over the fence. Uh, and in this game there was none of that. Like even Listella. You know, we we see LaStella as like the secret Zadie guy. When when LaStella gets good, he's going to be the secret Zadie guy. This dude's swinging at pitches out of the zone, like not even close. And I was just like, what is going on here? Belt as well did not have uh, the greatest game, though he, he did double in one of the runs. But there was no life in that club that day. Logan Webb, he was not trusting his defense for anything. He was trying to strike everybody out. He was not attacking as he usually does. So you could tell there's some psychology for him there, like thinking like, oh, he even said it after the game. He's like, yeah, I was trying to strike everybody out. (laughs) Um, But like you could see like they're beaten down a little bit. Now this was through that losing streak. They they beat the Cubs. Uh, Was it three out of four? Uh, it was
2: three out of four. Yes. So they, they beat lost, the Cubs. Lost the, the first game.
1: Four, lost the Dodger game. So, you know, they 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 beat up on another bad team, which is the Cubs. But um, I just it was just like, man, you know, the, the, these were the doldrums of the season and they just wanted to get back home. Uh, no joy. Not not that I could literally go to each player and go. How you feeling today? Are you happy? Are you sad? But just seeing like what they were doing out there on the part, you know, on the field, it looked every bit of like, oh gosh, I cannot wait to get out of here. And it showed on the field; they were awful. And I'm fine with a team that is not great. Like you know, over the years, we've been to many games at Candlestick where the Giants weren't the best team on the field, but they had gamers. They had guys like, and we'll talk about him in a second, like Will Clark who wasn't going to give up and he was just going to be maybe even too fiery for his own good sometimes in those moments. Uh, And, you know, Robbie Thompson. uh, But this team needed like one or two of those guys because there was not, there was just nothing going on. They were just a professional group of players who were finishing out a game and then go getting on a a flight to go home. And it was unfortunate because I was like, this is going to be the game. They're going to turn it around. They're going to beat up on this team. They're going to have a, Flight home, everyone's gonna be happy, and it was the exact opposite,
2: yeah. And I get what you're saying too, because I almost feel like every night I'm watching the game and I'm going, Okay, this is the night, this is the night, yeah. Things start to happen, and we start to turn around, but then, but then when it does, and they win like nine to two, then after the game, you go, Well, that's great but I want to see that again tomorrow night Yeah, and I want to see it again the night after that. And at least, you know, seven out of the next 10 nights, I want to see that. But uh, would you say watching a game in person uh, chase field, right? Yes. Chase at chase field. Would you say it's like watching like off season baseball kind of feels that way, watching it on TV, like
1: winter ball or something. Okay. So this is uh a comparison that I used to use when I was a kid, when I would try to compare what it was like going to the Oakland Coliseum versus going to candlestick, because when we were younger going to candlestick, the language a little bit more blue from the Giants fans, you know, a few more F bombs thrown. And if you're a kid, you're hearing all this language and you're just heads off, on a swivel. You're like, <laughs> people really talk like this. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, you kind of feel like you're a part of this like underground club, right? Like these rowdy yes. fans. And then I would go to the A's games and it would be so prim and proper. And, you know, everybody is sort of watching a professional team and no one's getting too excited, even though the A's were were generally pretty good, you know, oh, yeah. when we were when we were like teenagers. And so I would compare it like that. I would say, well, here's what it's like at Candlestick, and here's what it's like at the Oakland Coliseum. That's sort of what I felt when I was there at Chase, was like, oh, it sort of felt like a day game at Oakland Coliseum when there's like 7,000 people there, you know? It, it, and so oh, yeah. it was It was just, it didn't feel like a spectacle in any way. And I think that is part of the problem with this Giants team because they're struggling, not struggling, but attendance-wise, you know, they're not. they're definitely not how they were when they were selling out Oracle park every game. And I think people are kind of picking and choosing a little bit more these days. Part of that is because there's no Lincecum and there's no Posey and uh, you know, there's no mad Bum, Um, There's no bonds. So whoever, I think that the next guy that the giants get, that just is a hit that just is like the next beloved player that person is going to be so amazingly welcome for that club because we just haven't had anybody. And and Buster, but Buster's more about sort of, a, you know, he's such professionally so good. Not because he's like this raw, raw crazy guy like Will Clark right. is, which we'll will we'll, we'll segue into the Will Clark thing. But whoever that next player is going to be, um, it's probably not going to be Logan Webb because he's he's really good. He he's really good already, but I don't sense that like dyna you know, the just the dynastic personality. I sense he's gonna be like one of the homeboys. Like, oh yeah, that's one of our guys. But that star quality, Soto's gonna be that for the next couple years, right? He's gonna be that rock star. Oh, yeah. Whoever's the next rock star for the Giants, I think is just gonna be like a giant thing in the Bay Area.
2: Yeah, and 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 do we have him in the minors right now? I don't know. Maybe. I mean Maybe it's Harrison. Um, I still, I'm still personally really high on uh, uh, Elliot Ramos. I know he's struggling right now, but I, I would love to see him. Um, you know, with with rough with, um, gone, I would love to see more Ramos in the outfield. Uh, they need outfielders. I mean, they they need guys who
1: can field. Um, come, sep- come September, if they are not in the race, he should just play every day. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. Because you uh, and again, that brings me to the point too of Joey Bart and then we'll we'll get into Will Clark stuff, but but about Joey Bart, I mean in the past you you used to be able to give guys some leeway. Hey, you they got to learn at the major league level. They don't always play in AAA and lights out and then come up to the majors and and they just kind of carry that over into the majors i mean god look at matt williams he was horrible the first uh year and a half he was up in the majors yeah um so joey bart i mean this the the whole trade with casale is kind of saying joey bart you're learning on the job man we're not trading you you're up here get that uh weight off your shoulders, and, and let's go. This is you. You're commanding this pitching staff. You're here to hit. I mean, you see the bomb he hit the other night. I mean, it's just uh, on Will Clark Day. That was just uh, – I mean, that was amazing. He's got tremendous talent, uh, and people just – they want to see him gone, man. They uh, But uh, but I I'm i still high on him, too. I, I think he can be a, a, a great catcher. Uh, I think he can hit probably – 250 with 30 home runs in a year or two, just got to have some time. And I know he's older, but you know, you got to learn at the major league level. It,
1: It is a little unfortunate that his rookie season and, or it has been going the way that it has, because he does have that personality to where, if he was a good player, he would be beloved because he's hard nosed. You know, he, you could see it. You could see when he, when he hits that ball and he knows he's got it. He's like, ah, that's out. I've done that before. You know, yeah. and I think oh, he yeah. could be one of those guys who just the, the fan base just opens their arms to, but they're not going to open their arms to a guy who's hitting 185 and strikes mm, out, no. you know, every three out of, you know, every five at-bats. So he's got to do his part, too.
2: Okay, yeah, I so- want to get a shirt that says, Joey Bart got a bad rap. <laughs> I'm just gonna wear that everywhere <laughs> I go.
1: <laughs> so talking about a guy who was drafted with the number two pick in the draft. Uh, just like Joey Bart was. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was Will Clark Day on Saturday at the ballpark. I didn't get to watch it live because I I was headed to a friend's house. So I recorded it, and then I watched it later. And, man, that was so fun. From all of the guys who were there celebrating him to just Will himself. Like, that guy's got so much charisma. Now You know, enough about the participation trophies will we get it like you don't have to, <laughs> yeah, yell, exactly. don't have to yell at everybody about <laughs> yeah. that but like <laughs> the guy just he's just got it and that's that's that personality there and so, you know he, he even mentioned he's like yeah you know i may have rubbed some people the wrong way that's why i had robbie thompson the politician next to me yeah uh, in the locker room but that is what the fans saw they saw a guy who was like i may mean, not be the fastest guy but I'm going to play as hard as humanly possible to win all these baseball games. That's what was missing in, in Arizona. That's probably what is missing uh, fr- from a lot of, of what the Giants do this year. And, man, you're just reminded, you know, you're taken back, and I mentioned sort of the romanticism of the game. Because, you know, we, we try to cover this team, and I say cover, you know, sort of loosely. We don't look at this kind of as journalists would Ah, uh, we look at it as fans first, but we're smart about it. We we're, we're we know a lot about the game. You know, we're not going to be unbiased. We're biased. This is our team. This has been our team mm-hmm. since we were kids. But the romanticism sometimes I have a hard time with it in in certain genres because uh, as an adult, I find it hard myself to just be like, "Oh my God, I just love what this player does." And, and thus, he's my favorite player. I don't look at sports that way anymore. Right. But I but I did as a kid. And so I can go back into being 10 years old and being at Little League practice and my dad telling me that they drafted Clark. And I remember watching the Little League World Series, not the Little League World Series, the College World Series. And he's got the aluminum bat with Mississippi Valley State uh, or Mississippi State. And the clank, and, and then the team USA that baseball was, I forgot what they called it back then in the Olympics, but he was on the 84 team with Maguire. Um, it wasn't an actual Olympic sport, but then you go, oh, wow. Like, and so, you know, from, from being 10 years old, I had all this knowledge about him already. And so when I'm watching Will, you know, bald head, you know, he, he looks pretty good in a suit, but you see him outside of a suit. You know, he's not the same thrill. You know, he's, he's a 50-some-odd-year-old old, old man. But you're like, man, that's the guy. It's still the same guy that is in there that I rooted for, that is part of this turnaround to what the team is today. And I just loved every second of his speech, of everyone else's speech, of the celebration. It was like perfect. Oh yeah.
2: And, 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 so I watched it live. Um, actually everybody was out of the house. They were all, you know, it was one was at the gym and the other one were shopping. Uh, so it was just me in the house. So I thought, Oh, this is great. So at five o'clock I get to sit down with a beer and I get to finally watch like something. And this is what I want to watch. Yeah. I, I, I want to be in the front of, in front of the TV for this. Um, and just, you know, they parade, parade out everybody. Here comes Barry Bonds or, you know, Bochi and everybody else. And this is fantastic. And then Will, you can see when they play that video, man. Chill. I, I had the chills. You, he had the chills. He's he's you can see he's already tearing up. He hasn't even come out of the dugout yet. <laughs> and then when he comes out, man, and, and starts pointing to the crowd, he doesn't know what to do. He's kind of looking around. And it's it's Will. And like you said, that's the same old Will that we used to love. It's just yeah. the guy's he's goofy, he's fiery. Um but but man, when he got in the box. When, when he got in the batter's box, there was no goofiness, the fieriness kind of calmed down a little bit and that laser focus. And that's what I posted on Instagram. I said, you know, they retired the number today of the guy that all of us teenagers growing up in the Bay Area, uh, he was a rookie. I was 13 years old. We all wanted to be him, man. We all wanted that attitude. We all took that attitude from him, and, and we went out to the field with it, and we tried to emulate, like, everything that he did. Um, there weren't many other players. You know, we didn't want to be... Ken i didn't want to be <laughs> no. wire i don't want to be any of those guys. i wanted to be will clark man because yeah. because he was like us he was just a weird dude <laughs> who was always yelling and always firing and always trying to get everybody else fired up and we thought that's what baseball is about and i swear there had to be four or five times watching that that i teared up because it was just this is all there there were two two you know, celebrities, whatever you want to call them growing up, that really just anytime I think about them that I get kind of teary eyed and Mm -hmm. and get kind of like excited. And it takes me right back to the place. And it's Eddie Van Halen and it's Will Clark. Those are the two that anytime I think about them, I can, I know exactly where I'm at when I hear a song from Van Halen, when I think of a game that Will Clark played, I know exactly where I was when that hit happened or when this happened. Uh, so watching that, I just, I, I felt like 13, 14, 15 years old again. And uh, I thought, I thought the giants did a great job who they invited um, the speeches were nice and short until they got up to Will, and let him <laughs> go, oh, man, it was just—it was so fantastic. I, I DVR'd it also, yeah, because I want—I want to go back and I want to watch all this, especially Krucos' uh, speech at you know where where he's imitating Will Clark with his high pitched voice. That was fantastic. It
1: was. I didn't. I didn't know that Will lived with the Kruko's in his first. I didn't know years that either. League. That's ridiculous. That's, that is great. I, and you know,
2: and Kruko lives up here, probably like I don't know, three miles, two miles from my house. Will Clark, come on up. Yeah. Stay stay a couple of days uh with Kruco and then uh maybe I'll you uh, know meet you guys at a at an Italian restaurant somewhere or uh, a Louisiana Cajun restaurant drink somewhere some we'll have some crawfish yeah. and drink some wine and hang out. So
1: yeah, that'll be amazing. <laughs> uh so I liked seeing Robbie, we haven't seen Robbie mm-hmm. in quite a while. I don't even know what he's doing cuz I know he was in baseball after he played. <clears throat> he, he was third base coach for a couple different teams and I thought he was kind of on the route to being a major league manager, but that never happened and I don't know why. I hope somebody finds him and and you know asks him some of those questions. Uh obviously like seeing Barry, Barry dressed to the nines, looking sharp. Uh looks you know, that dude looks like he's 35 years old. Yeah, like, uh-huh. what's going on? <laughs> um, And, and that's a, a time of when we sort of knew when they signed Bonds, because it was Clark's team. Even though Mitchell won the MVP in in 89, it was still Clark's team. Oh, yeah. And we kind of knew without even saying anything it was just the writing was on the wall that it was going to have to be Barry's team in order for, uh, for Barry to, to be the, the Barry that, that, that he was. And so when Clark left after the 93 season, it was pretty sad, but I think for the Gi- for us giants fans, we were like, okay, the reason why we can deal with this is because Barry is that good. And it's almost like you're sort of selling your soul to the devil in a way. Like, our favorite player is gone. Well, you know, one of my favorite players, my favorite player is always Robbie Thompson, but, you know, I always love Clark too. Clark is gone, but that, that blow has softened a little bit. One, because the Giants are, are staying, because, mm-hmm. you know, two years before that, they were, right. they were on their way out. And two, they just signed the best player in the game, and it was a different... It was like as good as will was, as good as uh, uh, as Matt Williams was, as good as Kevin Mitchell was. like Barry was just on another level. And it was actually kind of uh, kind of cool to hear Clark say that because when they were playing, he would have never said that because he sort of nope. saw himself as still competing with Barry in, in, in a way. But now they're they're both done. You know, they're both retired. and will basically said he was the best player that he'd ever see see, you know been an opponent of and been a teammate of and you know that th- I think that touched Barry because he was surprised he was like me you mean yeah <laughs> and I thought that was cool um <clears throat> will, will was doing some weird stuff up there because you're talking about how goofy he's he kept doing this and usually yeah, when, yeah, you, yeah. when you when you put your fingers in your mouth you're like you, you you're using it to grab the paper but he yeah, would yeah. do that and I thought okay he needs to flip the page and it, it's too slick no, he just kept doing it for whatever reason, and then he would do this. He would do this, yeah, and then yeah. he would do the point. Ah, I exactly. Love I love that. Well, because That's... he was on the
2: field. Yeah, he was on the field, so yeah. he was doing all this baseball stuff on yeah. the field because he's standing on the field. And I think he kind of felt like this is where I'm at. This is yeah. what I
1: do. So yeah. <laughs> no, it was fa- it was so good. Um, and then
2: and then Hackman Hackman Hack was there.
1: there and and that that was interesting because yeah. from all that we knew growing up was they didn't have the greatest relationship. You heard that, you know, maybe Hackman didn't like how loud Will was and how southern Will was maybe and you know Hackman didn't take any anybody's attitude for nothing. So that was yeah. probably an interesting transition cuz Hackman was gone you know, soon thereafter, after, you know, he was that the playoff uh, MVP that he was. So, yeah, just interesting times. And, you know, I'm sure these guys look back and go, wow, you know, I'm sure Will looks at that and goes, gosh, have I really been retired for that long? It feels just like yesterday that we were doing this. And it's amazing because us fans sort of feel the same way. We feel like, you know, play. I'm sure players are like, man, I wish I could go back. We wish we could go back, too. I wish I could go back and watch Will you know as many times as i was able to watch him play uh, i would love to go back and do it again that's that's really the fun of this whole thing i think
2: oh yeah for sure and 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 watching the highlights too that that video and then will clark posted on his twitter that video and i've watched it probably i don't know four or five times since then um but but you know again the knock up the middle in the game 5 of the nlcs against the cubs in 89 i was at that game Still, every time I see that highlight, I feel like I'm in the left field bleachers watching it happen. And you know how it goes when you're at Candlestick. You know, you got Candlestick behind you there in the background. When you're at Candlestick and it's a full house and something happens – And that roar happens (laughs) and that crowd stood up and you thought that place was going to cave in on top of you because it was so old and crumbly, (laughs) but how loud it was, I, I still feel that every time I see that highlight, I can feel that thunder from Candlestick Park
1: happening. And it's just, it just gives you chills, man. I was in junior high school and I think we had a short day. And so I, my junior high school is probably about a mile, maybe a little bit lo- more than that, of a walk to get to school. I booked at home. <laughs> I was running. And then, because I, I tried to get my dad to, like, come pick me up. And he's like, no. And I was like, the, the, the really? game. And he's like, oh, I'll have it taped. Don't worry about it. But I didn't want to <laughs> see the taped version. I wanted to see yeah. those running. And right when I get home, is that at bat? Oh my gosh. Oh, so you caught it.
2: That is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had a buddy, uh, Tommy Dickerson in high school. He had a, he got two tickets to the game. I don't know how he got the tickets, but he goes, man, we got to go. He goes, we're going to this game today. I don't even know if I told my parents, (laughs) I'm not even sure what I did. I just know I went to the game and I left my car at school and then when the game is over, we drove back to school, and I got in my car and drove home. So I, I, I started <laughs> the day at school. I don't remember if I told anybody I wasn't going to finish the day at school,
1: but <laughs> that's awesome. That's a yeah. gr- that's a great place to end it. Uh, all right, oh, yeah. we're back. Uh, we took the short time off. I don't think uh, I don't think I'll need any more time off for. The rest of uh, the rest of the baseball season, at least, I have a couple of more yeah. trips, but they're, uh, they're 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 workable as far as our schedule. So yeah, we'll, we'll be back too. more I, often I, than I'm not. Good, so so. Yeah. all right, so uh, for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.